in life there are three groups of people those who watch things happen those who ask what just happened they have no clue what's going on and those who make things happen i want to ask you which one are you Life is a journey, and as in every journey, you need a roadmap. Today on Your Roadmap to Success, you will receive detailed instructions on how to navigate through life successfully. Welcome to Your Roadmap to Success with author and teacher, Neil Achampon. Master, we call upon you today. We ask of you to unfold unto our hearts your truth. As we search the word of God, we pray that you will teach us your truth today. Speak. Unfold your truth to our hearts. Help us, O oh God, to fully know what you want to do. We give you thanks and honor in advance for what you're about to do. In Jesus' mighty name, we have made these declarations. And everybody said, Amen. All right, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 17. The Acts of the Apostles. Acts of the Apostles chapter 17. And we will read verse 6. Our subject this morning is turning the world upside down. Say that with me. All right, you got Acts chapter 17 and verse 6, okay? If you got it, everybody raise your Bibles and make this faith confession after me. It's the beginning of the year. It's a reminder that your phone is a phone. You may have an app, but it is not your Bible. Did you get it? Shall we? Say this after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do. What it says I can do. Today, I will be taught about the kingdom of God, which has power to change me. I will allow this word to change my mind, challenge my mental thought patterns, and cast down in my imaginations that are detrimental to my progress in life. Turning the world upside down. The book of Acts chapter 17. Let's pick up the reading from verse 6, please. If you can read with me from the screen, I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible this morning. It said, but when they failed to find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren before the city authorities, crying, these men who have turned the world upside down, have come here also. Please understand this. This statement of turning the world upside down was not a compliment. It was an accusation. And I will take my time and walk you through the word of God. Then you can come to a conclusion if it should be an accusation or a compliment. Are you here with me today? I said, the statement, turning the world upside down. These men have, who have turned the world upside down have come here also is not a compliment. It is an accusation. But sometimes you will do the right thing, but people will say it is the wrong thing. And that is what is happening here. All right. So first of all, I want us to take our time and fully understand the Greek phrase or word that was translated by Dr. Luke into that w phrase. And it is the word anastateo. If you want to follow me, you can go read all of that. It simply means to cause people to lose their allegiance 
to a political authority or a spiritual authority. When Paul the Apostle and the others were teaching the word of God, they were literally asking men, move away from Caesar. Notice the word world in this contest for us is the world. But in the context of the scripture we read, it was a reference to the Roman world at the time. The, all the areas that Rome controlled. And they were saying that you guys have filled the entire Roman world with your doctrine. And you are introducing someone called Jesus who is a king. And that's treason. Because there is no king but Caesar. But the apostles kept declaring that Jesus is king. It was Pontius Pilate who looked at Jesus and says, the people claim you are a king. Are you king then? And Jesus looked at Pontius Pilate and said, did you, are, are you actually saying it? Or somebody push you up to it. I am indeed a king. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. So you will understand clearly that Paul and others were actually not causing trouble. If you read much newer versions, and then you read Acts 17 verse 6, it will normally say that these are they who have caused trouble all over the world. Because that is how they saw it. And whenever we start turning things around in our world, in the educational system, in the family structure, in the government, in business, in many areas, people would misconstrue your moves and say you are causing confusion. But do not be afraid because the Spirit of God, when it comes upon you, He is going to use you for His purposes. Are you understanding me? Amen. And so I want to take time to fully help you put these words in our contest today. What does it mean to us? And for you to fully understand it, we must gain an understanding of what these apostles, Paul and his fellow compatriots, what they have done for the people to have come to that conclusion and said, these people are causing confusion. At the end of it, you would notice that they are not causing confusion, but they are declaring truth. Today, in our world, if you mention the name of Jesus on TV, they will mute you. The same TV stations we fall in love with will mute you when you talk about Jesus. So as long as you are not muted, it means you are saying something they like. But we are not here to give men what they like. We are here to declare, thou sayest the Lord. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The truth is today you are, tomorrow you will be no more. When you open your eyes on the other side, everything that took place in this world that they want does not matter. It is the decisions you made for the king of glory that matters. Amen. So now let's begin to understand. I'm going to take you through the book of Acts. We're going to read a few verses for you to understand what Paul and Silas and the others were doing for which people were misconstruing it and saying these guys are causing confusion. Amen. First of all, go with me to Acts chapter 13. You will notice that in Acts chapter 13 from verse 1, the Bible says that they were fasting and praying, and the Spirit of God says, separate for me, Paul, and what? Barnabas, for the work that I have called them unto. In verse 6, let's pick up the reading. They began to work. Acts chapter 13. I'll read from verse 6 to verse 12. When they had passed through the entire island of Cyprus, as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain Jewish wizard or sorcerer, a false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was closely associated with the proconsul. Everybody say proconsul. If you read a traditional King James, it will say the deputy. But actually, the word proconsul refers to the governor. It is interesting to see that a man who was a sorcerer was in the office of the governor. Is it any different from our day? They put on suits and ties. But only God knows the spirit by which they operate. They don't want you to say it, but we will say it right here in this building and take it out there. Let's continue reading. He was closely associated with the proconsul. So this guy who is a sorcerer and was operating by a demonic spirit 
was associated with the governor. Sergius Paulus, that is his name, who was an intelligent and sensible man of sound understanding. Your intelligence can never fish out a demonic spirit. It takes the spirit of God on the inside of you to spot another spirit. Human knowledge cannot spot a spirit. And I pray that we learn to say, Holy Spirit, come into our lives. Come live in me. Come and be in control. Because when he is in it, you can see what the enemy is at work doing. Amen. I'm reading verse 7 again. Acts chapter 13. He was closely associated with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent and sensible man of sound understanding. He summoned to him Barnabas and Saul. And sought to hear the word of God. This governor wanted to hear God's word. So he wanted Paul and Barnabas who have been dispatched by the Holy Spirit to bring him the word of God. Now let's look at what this sorcerer is going to do. Verse 8. But Elimus, the wise man, for that is the translation of his name, opposed them, seeking to keep the proconsul from accepting the faith. But Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit, looked steadily at Elimus. And he said, you master in every form of deception and recklessness, unscrupulousness and wickedness. You son of the devil, you enemy of everything that is upright and good. Now, notice this guy stood by the governor, and the Bible calls him a very wise man. He used wisdom to make some things happen. Be careful which wisdom things you are following, because sometimes at the bedrock of it, on the surface it looks nice, but beneath it, the enemy is at work. Are you understanding me? Not every movie should be watched. Not every song needs to be sung. Be careful what sound you are bowing to because you are bowing to a God. Study the scriptures and you will understand that anytime there is going to be an allegiance to a kingdom, it begins with a sound. It begins with a song. The Bible says in the book of Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego told the king, when we hear the music, we ain't bowing because you want us to bow to your God. And the book of Nazareth, when you hear the music, he said, no, no, no. We will hear the music, but we will not do it. No wonder God says, come before me with what? Don't talk to me. Come before me with. So be careful the song you are dancing to. Because you are bowing to things you are not aware of. Pastor, what is wrong with the song? What is wrong is not the person who sang it and when they sang it. And what it is about the kingdom you are bowing to. And I pray that your eyes will be open. I said, I pray that your eyes will be what? Open. So you son of the devil, you enemy of everything. I'm reading verse 10. That is upright and good. Will you never stop perverting and making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? Plotting against his saving purposes. Now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you and you will be blind. Unable to see the sun for a time. Instantly, there fell upon him a mist and a darkness, and he groped about seeking persons who would lead him by the hand. Then the governor, the proconsul, believed, became a Christian when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished and deeply touched by the teaching concerning the Lord and from him. Amen. Does it sound like Paul and his friends are causing commission? Does it look like it to you? But this is what they are describing over there. These guys who are turning the world upside down because they are confronting spirits. Now, let me put it into modern terms. We have a governor, somebody who leads an entire state, if we're in the United States, and those who are advising him are people who have a relationship in the underworld with demonic spirits. And whenever we are turning the world upside down, it means we are going to be able to spot 
which advisor needs to be removed. And we will do so by declaring a word, not through a vote, but through declaration of a word. Are you understanding me today? It looks like it's only one person who is understanding what I'm saying. Sometimes you can vote and your vote won't go nowhere because the same powers control the vote. It is time that we pray some people don't survive until they change, until they, come on, talk to me, until they, Paul is confronting the system. And they said, he's causing trouble. Go with me again. The same Acts chapter 13. I want you to look at verse 44 and 45. Then we'll read verse 49 and 50. Are you in Acts chapter 13? Okay, look there with me. The next Sabbath, almost the entire city gathered together to hear the word of the Lord. Wow. Verse 45. But when the Jews saw the crowds filled with envy and jealousy, they contradicted what Paul said and talked abusive. Sometimes we are worried who is telling you, ah, that word is too strong. No, it's time to declare what God is declaring. I said it's time to declare what God is declaring. Let's pick it up from verse 50 because something now happens in the same thing. And so the word of the Lord concerning eternal salvation to Christ scattered and spread through the whole region. But the Jews stirred up the devout women of high rank. I wanted to underline that. So these were not ordinary women. They were like senators. They were like people who were in high what? Rank. And the outstanding men of the town, other version says leaders, men who were leaders in the city. So whenever you come, whenever you are going to turn the world upside down, you are going to confront the system. I said, you're going to what? The system says, give condoms to our children. But then you say abstinence is God's way. So you ain't having no condom. And whenever you declare that truth, there will be many who would want to shut you down. But be not afraid. It's time to turn the world upside down. The high-ranking women, the high, the leaders of the city, every single one of them, the establishment, they are Talk to me. The systems of the world. It has been put in place. Be careful what you are bowing to. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood there and told Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, you have set up a system of worship. This is not about Jehovah. Be careful. Because sometimes some systems portray a worship that looks like the worship of God. But it has nothing to do with God. May God open your eyes. This is why the moments of fasting and prayer is important so God can open your eyes to see that you can stand and declare, this is not of Jehovah and I stand against it. Can you see how many believers today are not even serious with their Christian life? How many believers today will make a decision by staying home just to watch a TV? Truth is, if you are on fire for God, you will be in the midst of other believers. Nobody has to tell you that. Are you understanding the systems of this world? It has a way of sniffing life, spiritual life out of you. And I pray that we stand up for the truth of God's word. So does it look like Paul is making trouble? Does it look like it? This is good trouble. He's staring up trouble, but he's declaring the truth to the people. Amen. Acts chapter 14. I want you to understand why they said these guys were causing trouble. Because the phrase turning the world upside down, in that context, literally means they are causing trouble. But when we use it, it means we are going to cause good trouble. We will cause good trouble in the educational sector. How many of you know that they are teaching our children stuff that according to the laws of the state of Maryland... Those textbooks are actually at odds with the laws. And many believers don't understand because we think it's all about, let's come to church. Let's go home. Me, myself. Mm -hmm. Are you in Acts chapter 14? Let's pick up the reading from verse 1. Now at Iconium, 
Also, Paul and Barnabas went into a Jewish synagogue together and spoke with such power that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. They became Christians. But the unbelieving Jews who rejected their message aroused the Gentiles and embittered their minds against the brethren. So Paul and Barnabas stayed on there for a long time, speaking freely and fearlessly and boldly in the Lord. When we turn the world upside down, we speak the word of God boldly and Come on, talk to me. We speak the word of God boldly and what? Fearlessly. It's time to tell our children when it's lunchtime after they have gotten something to eat, they should get in the center and the middle of the school, holding their hands and calling on the name of Jehovah. It's time to create some confusion in the schools. Holy confusion. I keep telling you, when you close your eyes on this side and open it on the other, you will notice that nothing that man wants you to do matters. It is what God wants. It's time that your heart will follow that. And if you sit under my feet, I will make you uncomfortable until you begin to search God and look for him. Amen. What verse did we get to? Three? Okay, let's read verse four. But the residents of the town were divided. Some siding with the Jews and with the apostles. Whenever you speak truth, people will be divided. When there was an attempt, both on the part of the Gentiles and the Jews together with their rulers. Now, it is amazing how certain groups of people don't like each other. But when it comes to the things of God and attacking it, those groups will come together. The Jews didn't like the Gentiles. The Gentiles didn't like the Jews. But in this contest, they came together just so they can stop the word of God. When there was an attempt on both part, I'm reading verse 5 again, when there was an attempt on both part of the Gentiles and the Jews together with their rulers to insult and abuse and molest Paul and Barnabas and to stone them. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Whenever you choose to walk in righteousness, that walk will be a lonely walk. Because broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow, small, is the way that leads to life. Many will walk away from you. But as for me and this house, we will serve the Lord. Are you understanding me? And we don't want to keep that word in here. We want to take it out there and begin to challenge the proconsuls, the governors of our day, and let them understand that there are some within the system, they are there because they have been strategically positioned by the devil to make sure that all these leaders don't have a right mind of their own. Amen. Be careful of what campaign you are supporting. Verse 6. They are aware of the situation, made their escape to Lystra, that is Paul and Silas, right? They, 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 they became aware that the people wanted to kill them. And there be cities of Lyconia and the neighboring districts, and there they continue to preach the gospel. If you get persecuted and people are giving you trouble, how many of you will keep preaching? That is, what, that is what it means by turning the world what? upside down. You have this tenacity, this inside fortitude, something that makes you keep declaring the word. It doesn't matter. And ladies and gentlemen here, this is a prophetic word I'm releasing. There is coming a season in this country and all across the nations of the world that those who stand to speak truth will be attacked and never Ever shoot the child of God. If you want to walk with God, it is the day the giant of Gath will face you. And you have to make a decision. I stand for Jehovah. Are you understanding me? If you're a Christian, you think America is far away from it? Oh, no, 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 no. When you have a gun to your head, that if you declare Jesus is Lord, you are gone. How many of you will be ready? It's time to prepare yourself. Pastor, why are you herald and evil? I'm only reminding you that in the last days, men will become allergic to God and addicted to self. That's what the Bible says. Could it be that some who are in the pulpit are already addicted to self and allergic to God? So they preach things about themselves. May God help us. I said, may God, right? Question. 
does it look like what Paul and others just did? They are causing commotion? Does it look like it? Are they causing commotion? What kind of commotion? It's a good one. Because they brought the word of God to the place and the people believed. Amen. You see, people are okay as long as the preaching is nice, doesn't hit anything, doesn't challenge anybody. And, uh, oh, that was a nice preaching. Anytime I'm done preaching and somebody says, that was a nice preaching, I hurt. I hurt inside. I want to hear that word challenge me to live better. Acts chapter 14, let's pick up from verse 8. I'm just trying to show you what the people saw. And they are now describing these guys like that. Now at Lystra, a man sat who found it impossible to use his feet. For he was a cripple from birth and had never walked. He was listening to Paul as he talked. And Paul, gazing intently at him and observing that he had faith to be healed, shouted at him, saying, Stand erect on your feet. And he leaped up and walked. And the crowds, when they saw what Paul had done, lifted up their voices, shouting in Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. What a misconception. They call Paul Zeus, they call Barnabas Zeus, and they call Paul because he was led in the discourse, Hermes. That is the God of speech. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance of the town, brought booths and garlands to the city gates and wanted to join the people in offering sacrifice. Question, does it look like they are causing confusion? They are indeed turning the world upside down, not the way people want it. Let me pursue with two more verses and I'll let you go. Acts chapter 16, because in Acts 16, Lydia, who was a dealer in purple, had come to know the Lord. And Paul and others, the scripture says they were on their way to a prayer meeting. This is a very popular story. Let's start from verse 16. Acts chapter 16 and verse 16. And as we were on our way to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who was possessed by a spirit of divination. Everybody say spirit of divination. Now, this is one of the translations in the New Testament that I believe is the word used in this context is a spirit of python. Because the spirit of Python in those days was symbolic of a spirit that speaks the future. Therefore, divination still fits the contest. Are you with me? But in actual fact, it, it is called the spirit of Python. Is that not the spirit that operates in our day? Some of you say, okay, let me connect it for you. Python only destroys its victims by wrapping itself around them and stretching and taking air out of them until they asphyxiate. They are wrapping your children with music, wrapping them with words from TV, sniffing life out of them, and you are looking at it and calling it modern. If modern destroys my children, forget modern. Only one person said, Amen. I said, If modern destroys, the next generation don't forget modern. We will stay back in the home. Then the scripture says, do not remove the ancient landmark. In other words, until you remove a boundary, you must pause. It was Margaret McGrich who said that. Anytime you're about to move a boundary, pause and ask, why was it put there in the first place? Not because we want to make everything modern, we keep moving boundaries. Some of them were put there because they guarded something. Today, somebody who has a weary that is on the outside does not even know who they are. And when you talk about it, you will be hated for it. I choose to talk about it because it's against God's order. I love them people, but the truth is that it's against God's will. Are you understanding what we're saying here? The Bible says they were going to the hour of prayer, and they met this girl who has the spirit of Python, a divination spirit. Please follow. And she brought her ownness, much gain. So 
some version says he brought them profit. I think the NIV says she made them money. When the system, some way, somehow, is set up to make it look economically viable, we don't tend to pay attention what is at play behind it. Pastor, are you saying there is demon everywhere? Satan is working. Are there places he's not? Yes. But he still has people who are working for him. I had a court case one time. The guy looked at me and um, I could tell all of a sudden he looks and his facial expression changes. Like he's getting angry. And I'm sitting there asking myself, I have not spoken. I have not said a thing to the guy. Why is he angry? That was the moment I realized that I was dealing with a spirit. So I bowed my head and I began to pray in tongues right there. And at a point, he looked at me and said, it looks like there is no case. Can you leave? I said, yep, have a nice day. I pray that God will open your eyes. I said, I pray that God will open your eyes. She kept following Paul and the rest of us shouting loudly, These men are the servants of the Most High God. They announce to you the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. Then Paul, being sorely annoyed and worn out, turned and said to the spirit within her, I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And in that very moment, but when her owners discovered that their hope of profit was gone, they got hold of Paul and Silas, and dragged them before the authorities in the marketplace. And when they had brought them before the magistrates, they declared, these fellows are Jews, and they are throwing our city into great confusion. Was that what they were doing? They confronted and liberated somebody who has been enslaved by the system. Bring the scriptures down to a modern day. Does it look like Paul and others are causing confusion? Come on, talk to me. Does it look like they're causing confusion? And the next verses will tell you that the Bible says, look at verse 21. It says, they encourage and practice of customs which is unlawful to us, Romans, to accept. When you are going to turn the world upside down, you will say some things that are unlawful and unwelcome by the world. If you are always willing to say something they like, you must be careful. I am also not advocating go and insult people. That's not what I'm advocating. Generally love them, but always tell them the truth, even when it hurts. Are you understanding me? Does it look like Paul and others are Causing confusion here. So based on all the verses we have read, the people saw them as causing confusion because they were confronting the system. The structures that were in place, they were fighting it. Please understand, Christian life should never be about you your pursuit of the bills and your American dream. It may have brought us here into this country and many who came from Europe might have come for that reason. But this is about the kingdom of God. So these guys, as soon as they leave Philippi, right? You all remember this story because after they caught them, they put them in jail. And there was an earthquake because God stepped down and says, no, no, you will not silence these voices. I hear the Lord say, if you will speak truth, your voice will not be silenced. Keep declaring it. Keep teaching it. Can we have five young people in one school? And it's lunchtime and you have eaten your food, but you are left with about four or five minutes to go back to class. And you hold your hands in the middle, in the center, based on the laws of this state. I cannot come there because I'm a pastor. But you are students. 
if others can start a club for soccer, you can start a club for prayer. If others can start a club for debate, you can start a club for people to study the word of God. Young people, don't waste this opportunity. The hour is now. I want to hear things like how children are in schools and they are praying and the fire of God is ripping through the place. So they put Paul and Silas in jail and the scripture says God literally came down as they sung praises and worshipped. Many believers today when they get whipped and get into trouble, who even get whipped in this country? Nobody whip you. Even parents don't whip their children, let alone government whipping you. But they were whipped, real whipped. In fact, other versions use blows. They give it to them. Then after that, they fasten their feet in stocks and their hands as well. And those little fingers that could do something, they clap with it. In other words, they have a heart that we will turn the world upside down and nothing will stop us and nothing should stop you and nothing should stop us. You need to rise up and tell yourself, oh, that the kingdom of God will come amongst men. It doesn't matter the evil we see in this day. God will still have his way. Haman thought he was on top until there was an Esther who stood up and says, I'm going to stand up. For a cause. And the cause is that the name of Jehovah must be respected. Anybody here like that today? So these guys, they leave Philippi, the last place. Now they come to Thessalonica. The city is still existing. It is the second largest city in the entire Greek world. And when they come there, something happened. Let's pick up the reading. We'll read from verse 1 to verse 7. Now, after Paul and Silas had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, that is, they are coming from Philippi. So they passed through Amphipolis and through Apollonia. They came to Thessalonica. That's about 30 miles. If you did the, um, the distance from a map. Where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Every time they walk into the synagogue, the people threw them out. But they keep going. What is it? Because they had a heart. To turn the world upside down. So it did not matter to them. If they get thrown out 20 times, they will go back to Washington, D.C. and declare Jesus as Lord. Pastor, we went to the, uh, we went to downtown Frederick. And when we were preaching, they threw us out. So we think we shouldn't go there again. Keep going. I said, keep what? Going. Now, after Paul and Silas had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Salonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews, and Paul entered, as he usually did. And for three Sabbaths, so that would be like three weeks, he reasoned and argued with them from the Scriptures, explaining and quoting passages, setting forth, and proving that it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I proclaim to you, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you, when you go, don't talk about Covenant Family Chapel. Don't talk about your church. Don't talk about your pastor. Don't talk about other believers. Begin to talk about the king of the kingdom. This Jesus, this Jesus, this Jesus, this Jesus. As they mute you, you say, Jesus. Mute you on CNN, you say. They mute you on Fox News, you say. Wherever they meet you, you say Jesus. He says, this Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. The Messiah and some of them accordingly were induced to believe and associated themselves with Paul and Silas, as did the great number of devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. But the unbelieving Jews, but the unbelieving Jews were aroused to jealousy. And getting hold of some wicked men, some ruffians and rascals, and loungers in the marketplace, they gathered together a mob and set the town in uproar. So who was setting the town in uproar? 
The same people who told the other ones, you are causing the trouble. They did. And attacked the house of Jason. Jason was a city official who had taken Paul and his friends in to stay with him. So once they got there and they couldn't find them, they said, okay, Jason, then we're going to have trouble with you. And attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring out to the people Paul and Silas. But when they failed to find them, they dragged Jason and some of the believers before the city authorities, crying, and who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Now, do you understand the context of the terminology? There are men who are confronting the system. There are people who can spot demonic powers around political leaders. There are men who are in to declare the truth of God's word. And even if the entire religious system is against it, they are still able to stand up and say, Jesus is Lord. This is what God is calling us to. But the truth is, you cannot change anything until you change yourself. Let's finish with verse 7, please. If you can put that on the screen for us. Everybody read with me, shall we? Read. And Jason has received them to his house and privately protected them. And they are all ignoring and acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, actually asserting that there is another king. One is a good place to clap your hands for him. It's time to talk about the kingdom of God. I challenge you, don't go out and talk about me. Some pastors will say, it's my publicity, it's me. Me, I would tell you, no. Let's talk about the king. Instead of talking about the church, let's talk about the kingdom. The church is only a medium through which the kingdom accomplishes its purpose. So the focus is them. When they arrived in Thessalonica, the Thessalonians gave them the characterization, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Now, please follow me because I'm going to define our use of turning the world upside down. He said, these men who have changed, they have influenced our way of life. Because Paul and Silas, they changed and they influenced people's way of life. Don't simply assimilate. Don't blend in, young people. I know there's peer pressure. You want to be like everybody else. Don't because you're different. Why is it that you have a different name? It's because you're different. Do all of you have the same name? Even in one family, do all of you have the same name? Parents, you would agree with me that amongst your children, you cannot raise all of them the same way. Do you agree? Because some of the kids, they are E-G-R, extra grace required. Then some are cool. There are some who go, who go back and forth with you over stuff, right? You're different. Don't fit in. Whenever we turn the world upside down, we are literally causing a change. We are influencing people's way of life. We are not conforming to their way of life. So Paul puts it this way. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed. Secondly, they were saying that these men who have affected a life and slain by the system have come here also. May it be said that at the workplace where you are working, you will help people to the point that your management will say, hey, you got some troubles, go see that one. May he be said of you. I said, may he be said of you. They were saying, thirdly, that these men are causing people to be unsettled in their allegiance to the civil and spiritual rulers of our time. 
One day I'll take time and walk you through the new Babylonian system that has been put in place that many believers and Christians are bowing to and they cannot see it. The Bible says in the book of Daniel, when the book of Nazareth set up the image of gold, the image was not of him. You see, the world wants you to worship anything except God. And there are all kinds of music. Nebuchadnezzar said, at the sound of the trumpet and the flute and everything, when you hear the sound, begin to bow. In our day, there's not a voice declaring it, but the music is making people bow to things they don't know. Remember the book of Revelation says that it's going to come a season once again. That Babylonian spirit will come once again. And he calls her Babylon the Great. Be careful. I said, be what? When I go to places, I love music. There's music in my bones. It's just that I'm not good at dancing. And sometimes I go to places and music is playing and I'm about to just dance. Then it hits me. What am I about to bow to? The call to turn the world upside down is a call to change Influence people's way of life. The call to turn the world upside down is a call to affect those who are enslaved by the systems of the world. The call to turn the world upside down is a call to challenge the established systems without compromise. The call to turn the world upside down is a call to influence the political systems of our day. This is why I would tell every Christian, you cannot be a Republican and you cannot be a Democrat. You must stay away from the parties. You belong to a kingdom. Write this down. In life, there are three groups of people. Those who watch things happen. Those who ask what just happened. They have no clue what's going on. And those who make things happen. I want to ask you, which one are you? Turning the world upside down means we make things what happen. We refuse to watch things happen or ask what just happened. We make a difference so God is glorified. You make your life count for something positive that will bring glory to God. Amen. Let me close by reading with you from the book of Nehemiah. He was a man who made things happen. Amen. I wanted you to ask yourself, are you an individual who watched things happen? How many of you actually know what is going on in the world today? What happened this morning? How many of you know it? All you know is how many people posted a picture of themselves on Facebook. I'm talking about what is going on in our world. How many of you know that? Sometimes I can hear some of the young people say, oh, this album is going to drop by this time. You think I don't know? I got TikTok account. I have... uh, The one, the yellow one. I have Snapchat. Me, I have all of them. The only reason I have it is I need to know. How can an intercessor only pray about the things around them? In 1967, a group of people met in the Vatican in Rome. Their focus was to bring up the agenda of the LGBT. And enforce it until everybody accepts it. And today, it has become normal. Young people, let me challenge you about this. If somebody tells you that it's okay because you feel this way, tell them, Pastor Neil said, even those who are married have sexual challenges. Am I right? Be honest with your children. 
I am married. I love Diana. But do I get attracted to the opposite sex? Yes. So your attraction to become something else is not an issue. Everybody has a problem. It is how you deal with it. You have to choose to go by what God is saying. If God is saying you can't have it, you can have it. Sometimes there are things we don't want to say. Let's read Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 4. And this is the focus of our fast. We're going to cry to God and ask that he protects the family. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. Can you guys put it up in the NIV, please? We're going to read that together, and I'll bring this message to a close. Did you learn anything today? Have conversations with your children. Don't let somebody else tell them about their sexuality. Tell them when you were younger and at their age, you always had urges to go to the, even at your adult life. Be honest. One time I walked in the mall, I saw this, whoo, Jesus Christ, right there and then. I, t- I opened my phone, looked at my wife, and I said, I am committed to this. I am committed to this. Be honest. You have challenges. And tell them when they have a challenge, thinking that they feel a certain way in their body because they think that they are, uh, that they are men, even though they are girls. It's a challenge. We all have challenges, but you cannot give in to every challenge. And if you're going to give in to every challenge, it must be addressed God's way. And if God says, I cannot have the one I saw, then you cannot change your sexuality either. Please, shall we read? Ready? Read. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Pause. He was talking about Sambalat and Tobias and the people who were putting uh, some form of blockade for the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. So don't be afraid of them. Continue reading from don't be afraid. Go. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families. (laughs) Your sons. Your daughters, your wives, your homes. This week as we fast, we fight for our families. We fight for our sons. We fight for our daughters. We fight for our homes. We are making a declaration. Oh, glory be to the name of the Lord. That my boys are coming to Christ. They are walking in purity. I want parents begin to rise on the inside of them and begin to declare. This one is dedicated to Jehovah. This one is a child of the king. I give you no peace until you come back to my God. I give you no peace until you walk in purity. I give you no peace until you become who God wants you to be. It's a fight for your family, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. Lord, I speak to the nations of the world. We are fighting for families. This is why no parent can stay out of this fast. This is why no child ought to stay out of this fast. Take their pictures, build a place of altar, lay it down there, and begin to mention their names. This one also, this one also, this one also, this one also. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous, the Bible says, availed much. What are they telling our children today that everything goes? Really? It's time to fight. And I'm taking this fight, not only in this building, I'm taking it to Washington, D.C. It's time to fight for families. Are you understanding me? I am looking for a church that is willing to fight. Anybody here willing to fight? I said, anybody here willing to fight? Anybody here willing to fight? We start with our own. Do you realize sometimes when you tell your children, can't play this music and they want to fight you? Because it's a fight. 
and you want to give in to psychologists. No, no, I, 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 I won't say they are always wrong. Sometimes they say things that are very truthful. But you can't always go by. How in the world? I need a kid. Kofi, come here. Jeremiah. If we are at Southwest in Washington, D.C., and we are crossing the road, how many of you, if you are with this young boy, will ask him to cross the road by himself? Anybody here doing that? And how in the world are we telling them you can make a choice about who you think you are? You are who God says you are. You are a prophet of God. Like Jeremiah of old, you will declare the word of God. Don't let them fool you. Don't let the psychologist tell you. It's the way they feel in their body. Hey, married people have problems inside their body too. I just told you. You would never allow your child to cross the street. Now they are telling you, you can allow them to cross the street. And you are standing there. And you are not challenging the systems. I pray that we rise. There ought to be some righteous indignation on the inside of us. We are not going to hate them people. We will still love them. But the spirit that is of this age, we will rise and wage war and say, no, it cannot be. I have seen Christians today, they only go to churches because the, 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 the room is nice. When the teacher is not impacting the child, come on, I don't care. You see, when I went to university, Augustine, tell them, I came from a very bad school. In fact, when they were doing uh, the matriculation, is that how they call it? And they started calling people from different secondary schools. And they got to my school. I was by myself. I was by myself. It tells you that the school I came from is not known. In fact, those who are really brilliant, are not from my school. But Augustine will tell you, my classmates have to wait for me to go and preach and come. So I will have classes with them. Because I sat on the class that I finished. It is not with school. You can, you can be brought up in Podiasi. If we give you the right tools, you will make it. Are you understanding me? I said you will what? Make it. Don't buy into the things of this world. I thank God for the systems. I thank God for the technology. I thank God. But like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we must stand up and say, no. Somebody say, no. Another person say, no. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Guys, put it up. It was not part of my scriptures. It's for next week, but I sense the need to bring it in here. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. I told one of my kids who wants to play soccer, I said, son, if you're going to play it, you must be the best. Are you in Daniel 1? Everybody read with me, please, shall we? Daniel resolved. The old King James says, Daniel purposed in his heart. Can I rephrase that whole verse in one sentence for you? It's time to retrain your appetite. Don't eat anything that is given to you. It's time to what? Come on, talk to me. I said it's time to retrain your appetite. There is an appetite. That is presented. Do you realize when they do commercials? After they are done, you feel like, I got to go to the grocery store and buy one. Right? But do you always go? Because you have the ability to retrain your appetite. The world is presenting to us and they are telling us eat. But the Bible says Daniel was in a place. They were chosen. In fact, he was a teenager at this time. Young people, are you with me? Any age I give you is an estimate. 
But between 13 and 17, this boy has been shipped from the land of Israel and he's been brought to Babylon. And they were chosen to serve the king. And one of the things they did that your culture is often defined by your language, by what you eat and by what you wear. Most people can change what they wear and still build the same whole way. You can change people's language. Most of you speak English, but you're still tied to where you come from. But when they start changing what you eat, it means they are making sure you are lost. So Nebuchadnezzar, in his system, was carefully changing the identity of these boys. And Daniel said, no, 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 no. The other things you can take, but not our food. Because this, when I allow you to retrain me in this area, I'm gone. The time has come for many Christians to start a retraining of their appetite. An appetite for the presence of God. An appetite for the word of God. An appetite for the move of God. An appetite for, oh, glory be to Jesus. Stand with me. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Please, if it's okay, can you grab the hand of the person standing next to you? And I want you to pray for them. I want you to just pray for them and say, God, bring this one, bring this one to that place. It's time to fight for our families. It's time to fight for our sons and daughters. I pray the Lord, let your fire, let your power, let your move, let the things of God begin to saturate this one. Help them to retrain their appetites once again. Lift your voice, everyone in the house. In the name of Jesus, those of you who are online, yes, begin. If, if there's nobody with you, just pray for yourself and say, God, help me to retrain my appetite. Bring me to that place. 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 Lord, I pray today, O oh God, Father, I cry to you concerning your people. Help us to retrain our appetites, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We bless the name of Jesus. We bless the name of Jesus. We bless the name. We bless the name. We bless the name. We bless the name. Come on, talk to him. Talk to him. He said, Lord, help these ones to retrain their appetite. In the name of Jesus, the hour has come. Lord, retrain the appetite for prayer. Retrain the appetite for righteous living. Retrain the appetite of God that they will bring the gospel message to the nations of the world. That we will draw a line in the sun and say that that is not the way. I attended a conference. It was a conference for pastors. It was an online event. And um, we were taught some marketing strategies. How to pull people into your church. And the guy kept talking. And he showed us all the strategies. And afterwards, he asked if any of the participants will pray. I felt the need to pray. If I'm on the platform having the seminar, I agree. But when I started the prayer, I felt the Lord rebuking me. He asked me, you think that every surgeon is supposed to touch every patient? There's a reason for which I've called you. In fact, there are churches and pastors from a distance that I take care of. So when I preach, it's not just you who hear it. Yeah, churches do. And God rebuked me and said, you're going to sit there for somebody who doesn't know me to show you marketing strategies so you can pull people. If you can do this on your own, son, you're on your own. And I said, Lord, forgive me. I can't be on my own. I need you. 
The reason for which I'm sharing with you is this. God spoke to me and says, it's time to retrain your appetite. You seem to have appetite for large numbers. He said the days of large numbers may come, but you may not be there. I need you to lay the foundation. Young people, retrain your music appetite. Retrain your appetite for righteousness. I am sorry, it's too much of a heavy word, right, Mary? Right? I love that young woman. She said, Pastor, I agree with you. It's time to impact our young people because one day we will not be there. Add 20 years to your years. I'll be 73 then. Will I be able to have the same energy to preach? Would most of you singing here be able to do it? This is why I'm glad to see when Atu Junior and my son and others are working because we understand that one generation will tell another generation of your wonders, sustaining it. As you leave this room this morning, please go and retrain your appetite. And we begin with the fast. Retrain your physical appetite and let it touch your spiritual appetite. God bless you. Please have a seat. Thank you for joining us on this spiritual encounter. Need more help? Text radio to 301-696-8555 or visit us on the web at covenantfamilychapel.org. You may also visit us at one of our in-person services on Sundays at 10 a.m. and discover the difference that the kingdom of God makes. Like up on social media, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Covenant One Family.